Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Anthony. And my name is Shex. Oh, rip. No, it's Chris. It's Chris. <laughs> welcome, Chris. Welcome. How's it going, man? Yeah, this is my new co-host, Chris. Y'all remember the old co-host. Uh, we've all forgotten his name by now. Um, so Chris will be joining us from here on out on our journey to review straight-to-stream science fiction media. Uh, this is a bonus episode, special Friday release, covering Star Trek Lower Decks, episode 10, the finale. Yes, the ultimate episode. Episode 10. Episode 10 is titled No Small Parts. Do you want to blurb me? The USS Cerritos encounters a familiar enemy. Mm. Tindy helps a struggling recruit find her footing. Aw, nice Tindy. <laughs> I think this is the first blurb we've read where the B plot is absolutely just, I don't even remember. <laughs> I remember it a little bit. Help, Tindy helps a struggling recruit find her footing. Wow. Way to undersell the episode. I don't Way even to undersell think that's it. necessarily accurate either. It's the, probably the least accurate <laughs> bit of blurb we've seen. I mean, the USS Cerritos encounters a familiar enemy. That's underselling the crap out of it. Wow. Who is who are they familiar to? <laughs> do you want to do you want to give the plot breakdown? Oh, I don't it? know if I can give a plot breakdown. So this oh. episode was longer. It was 28 minutes, 40 seconds. Um so they packed in so much. I I don't know. I don't I don't especially I thought about doing a plot breakdown. I don't especially want to do a plot breakdown. Okay. I mean, we could do just a a summary. I could do a summary. I could do a okay. summary. Let me hit you up with that summary. Summarize me. In summary, uh, man. The USS Cerritos encounters the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the Cerritos responds to a distress call for the USS... Uh, was Salong? it Savon? Salong, I think. Salong. And... Uh, which is Savang. There you go. Yeah. Which is manned by the crew of the former USS Rubido. So nice to see them again, albeit mm-hmm. briefly. Uh... <laughs> They find that the ship has been destroyed and a mysterious, way overpowered alien adversary uh, starts attacking them, rips a nacelle off in almost no time. Turns out that this, these are the packlets. <laughs> uh, and they've just grown in not intelligence, but in firepower. Yeah. They were finally made strong. <laughs> they finally were made strong. Good for them. They end up fighting off the packlets by. And betting a well, Rutherford and Shax go over to the Packled ship and infect it with a virus that Badgie made. Uh, the virus blows up the ship, uh, killing Shax in the process. Very unexpected. And then they're able to to get away. Um, that's the overall plot. I as a summary, I mean, there's a lot more going on with the recruit that we're talking about with Tindy, the new ensign, mm-hmm. Pe- Peanut Hamper. <laughs> Rutherford dealing with implant stuff. The uh, everyone Minson is an exocomp. I think we should just yes. go ahead and get that out of there. Yeah. Here. How random is that? I mean, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen because it was in the preview last week, but it's just, man, it's crazy. Just crazy. What's his face? Boimler accidentally tells the everybody on the ship that Mariner is the captain's daughter. So there's some fallout from that. Tindy's dealing with all of this stuff. Ransom is very secure in his insecurities. <laughs> After they blow up the other ship, uh, the the Packled ship, 
Three more pack-led ships show up. Way too much for them to handle. And who should show up to save them? Who shows up, Chris? I believe it is William Riker, voiced by one Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes with good old Commander Deanna Troy at his side. Wife and, I don't know, confidant. Victim of high-level nepotism. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Is it a victim? I I don't know if that's a victim at that point, is it? I mean, she is the uh, heir to the sacred rings of Beta Zed, so, you know, daughter of the fifth house. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Oh, man. They show up. And the thing is, they've name-dropped the Titan so many times this season that when it got name-dropped at the beginning of the episode, I didn't even think of it. They're like, oh, well, the Titan's close enough. Like, no, no, tell them we have it. We'll go <laughs> talk to Captain Dayton about who gave, who accidentally leaned on a button and sent out a distress call. <laughs> Making fun I think of I actually, uh, I did call out that we would be getting the the Titan. Yeah? I think you might so. have. I, 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 I think, think it's on my wish list for sure. I was just, man, do Riker and, and <laughs> Riker and Troy really like showing up in other Star Trek shows? <laughs> Speaking of showing up in other Star Trek shows, did you know that Spock has appeared in every single Star Trek series so far? Negative. He did not show up in Picard. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. He is he has appeared in six different series. There you go. So far. Yeah. Well, Riker's appeared in just as many, hasn't he? Well, I don't think he was in TOS. No, that's speaking fair. of TOS, but Spock those wasn't in old Picard. Scientists. Those old scientists. Oh. <laughs> what he said, oh. From the TOS era, it took me a, mean, a minute to realize that he just referenced the TOS era by name in universe. <laughs> Freaked me out. I was like, yeah, that's what it's called. Oh, my goodness. What? Oh, man. I, every week I say that, oh, I have, this, uh, this is the most notes I've taken on an episode. And I looked at my notes for today and I thought, man, this might be the most notes I've taken once again. So I actually measured it out and I can I can say that by three or four lines, these are the most notes I've taken for a single episode. Excellent. But it doesn't stop. The episode starts and it doesn't stop. The cold open is my favorite cold open, I think. It is fantastic. Let's talk about it. Talk to me about that cold open. Uh, I actually just watched that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, Return of the Archons. Because I think if if I'm doing my, my math in my head right, it is the episode right before Khan Noonien Singh appears. Mm. If not right before, you know, slightly before. But yeah, no, I was like... He's like, we're on beta three. And I was like, that name sounds familiar. <laughs> and, then started, and then they showed like the, the downtown scene and the people walking around. And I was like, oh, I've been here. Oh, I've no. been here. Oh, no. I've been here. <laughs> Landrew. <sighs> it was fantastic. There's a lot to peel back here. Before we start going through like our favorite bits and stuff that we think was awesome or not awesome or what have you. Just to, to kind of keep tradition with these bonus episodes, the Star Trek Lower Decks IMDb rating has creeped up to a 6.2. This episode specifically is at a yes. solid 9 with a median of 10. Yeah, 78 reviews. It was actually a little lower earlier today when I first looked it up. It was 8 point something, so it's only gone up. And our and our best friend, uh, Homer J. Sniper, excuse me, he uh, <laughs> once again reviewed it without actually watching Oh, did he? The episode. Oh, he also goes on a little mini rant about how every new captain has to be a white or a black woman, blah, blah, blah. I don't have any issues with women being in charge, but this is ridiculous. Uh, All right, buddy. I mean, (laughs) all right, buddy. I mean, way to just show your hand. Hold on a second. Hold hold, hold on a second. Never mind that every admiral is a dude, but okay. Uh, Wasn't the captain of the Shangzhou 
uh, a woman of Chinese descent. <laughs> yes, and Discovery. Yeah, the Shenzhou. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what is did you say movie? Chinese descent? Yeah, was well, she? Chinese? Like, I, I don't. She was Asian. I wouldn't know. I I will fully admit that. Well, I believe the actress. Oh, is, is she Chinese? Yeah. Okay, then I would assume the character is as well until told otherwise. I think just based off these reviews, based off the way I feel, this might be one of the best, if not the best, season finales for a Star Trek episode, especially a season one finale for Star Trek. Uh, so Michelle Yeoh is Malaysian, oh. but on Wikipedia it says Yeoh chose to retain her Malaysian Chinese accent for the role. Well, they're neighbors, Malaysia china so yeah just lines on a map drawn by white men (laughs) (laughs) that's i don't know if those were drawn by white but what i don't know i actually don't know so maybe uh to be off topic did you hear that when i was looking up pulling up everything for this this uh episode kate mulgrew is going to return as captain janeway in the uh the car the children's cartoon coming next year i did see that yes pretty cool i think this episode is not my new favorite episode but it is my second favorite episode now. Moist Vessel is now out of the top two. Good riddance. No, I really like this episode. Uh, I enjoyed how much the Apaclid ships looked like the Scimitar. That was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did catch Cardassian parts in that thing. I'm going to look at a still of it now. But I'm pretty sure I saw part of a Cardassian Galore class battle cruiser, whatever they're called. Yep, I see. It's right in the front. It's got the little bird thing right in the front. Mm, cool. So the Sol Vang is yeah. also a city in California. Of course it not. is. Did you notice that both California-class ships that got blown up this season or destroyed were red-striped? <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I thought that was, that was pretty good. Nah, it's pretty cool. I think... I'm trying to think of specifics. You know, obviously, R.I.P. in peace. Shaq's right going out like a like a beast which uh <laughs> i think that's also a trope in a lot of science fiction well i don't even say science fiction but like storytelling in general where someone makes this heroic sacrifice but it doesn't matter because like 10 seconds afterwards something else shows up on the enemy side specifically halo reach uh, I, I wrote down big <laughs> big george vibes yeah when george throws you out of the the docking bay blows that ship up and then within seconds other covenant ships appear in the the, the sky above reach hmm, hmm hmm come on mike what are you doing so there's a lot going like i said there's a lot going on the music is on point a lot of it so the the shot of the ship getting blown up that went from comedy to super serious real quick Really, really quick. But no, going. I'm sorry, going back to the cold open, we got a picture of Kirk and Spock on a pad, and they were drawn in the animated series style. Yes. So I looked into it, and that is actually not a still from the animated series, because you can see the computer in the background from Beta 3, Landry or what have you. So it was yeah, a which new... which did not appear. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's a new, a new picture, which is really, really cool. I thought it was really, really cool. The whole bit with those old scientists and him ransom saying, "Oh yeah, they were st- back then. They were stumbling on crazed new aliens every week," <laughs> <laughs> which is true. Which uh, is very true. Let's see. Oh, Captain Freeman uh, Day, which I liked. Yeah, yeah. The next Captain Freeman Day is going to be really weird. How did you feel about uh, Rutherford losing his? St- Cyborg-ness? Oh man, they really set up next season to be whatever we they want. They moved everybody, right? Maybe except for Tendi. Freeman and Manor have a new thing going on. 
Uh, Rutherford doesn't have his implant. Is he, does he get a new one? Does something else happen? What's going to happen, you know? I like that <laughs> when they ask Rutherford why he's so sounds so chipper, he's like, implant stuff? Just like sing song. It's <laughs> like, eh, this is... It was that which I thought was a nice little in-joke. A little bit of meta. It was really, really good. Also in the cold open where they say that Starfleet has a policy of some intervention, which I thought was <laughs> pretty accurate. Just, you know, the Prime Directive changes from episode to episode, especially in the uh, in TNG and in uh, the original series. <laughs> well, uh, one of my favorite references, well, not my favorite because your boy Shax is gone. Did you find it strange that the the chief of security died at the end of the first season of another Star Trek television show. Do you find it strange? It was the first time I've cared that that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like Tashi R. I think she's a little underrated. Like she didn't have enough time to be anything other than what she was. Well, I, I think what happened is she just became so overrated that she became underrated. But I, I, I think the issue is, is I think, in the historical sense, as Star Trek exists, I think that she is properly rated as a character that deserved to die off in the first season. <laughs> I do not think that Shax deserved to die off. The no. fact that he was just so happy, this is the best day of my life. And he <laughs> laughed. He was laughing as he blew up. He was having a blast. Perhaps today is a good day to die. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. And I know you tried. You said that his his sacrifice was kind of in vain, but I, I disagree. I think it got the ship free, and it stopped any like it, it did stop the ship from being more destroyed or people more people from being killed on board the ship. So I think it it was worth it. I was specifically referring to the idea that you have someone who makes this big sacrifice, but then that sacrifice is invalidated or becomes null. You know, because sure. I, I don't know how much longer the ship would have remained being chopped up when the if the Titan had showed up a few seconds later. I know the episode doesn't happen in real time most of right. the time. Right. But right. I mean, how much time, like how long was it between them getting out of that ship's grasp to the Titan showing up? Maybe Shax didn't have to die. Maybe. So, but, that's like not, they but just, neither did anyone else. The Packlets didn't have to attack them sure. and be all, I, you know. I Packlet. also wonder where this shuttle came from, the Sequoia. They've been working on it been... all season. Yeah, the... but yeah. why does it have guns? I don't... <laughs> why does well, it have, all, like, all shuttles shark... have... Runabouts why have is... guns. Why does have it have phasers? shark teeth? Oh, they were. it was just like a, a side project that they were all been working on, and so they probably just gave it some weird paint job. Like, Sequoia was obviously hand-painted onto the side of it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and that... So that's a couple of things, so... We get that, which I thought was really cool. They finally use that shuttle that they've been tinkering on in the background or in scenes where they're talking about other stuff all season. We got another reference to Jin twice. Because Mariner says, yesterday he didn't know my name. He called me Jin. We don't, who hears the name Jin? And at the end of the episode, she said, shut up, Jin. He's an Andorian, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Andorian named Jin, that's right. Or Jennifer. Jennifer. I, I would yeah. love for that just to be a continued running joke. I will admit that when the Titan came in, and first of all, the first canon appearance of the USS Titan, which is really, yes. really cool. That's awesome. What I, the wait, the, the books aren't canon? What? What? Man, <laughs> the, the animated series is barely canon now. So let's see. The Titan was a lunar class. Luna, I thought. Yeah. Well, which is funny. Because Titan is the name of a moon. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, it's just like the California classes, right? So yeah. the, uh, the Luna classes, they're all named after moons. Makes sense to me. 
So why do we still call it the moon and not Luna? Because we're not Latin. Roman? <laughs> we don't speak Latin, is what I meant. No, man, I'll admit. So the ship flies in to save the day. Uh, they start playing the TNG theme, and I teared up. I did. Yeah, Both times. Yeah, I teared up a little bit. It was fantastic. It was just something that you know always wanted to see. I, I really feel, and I might have said this before, that the TNG era got axed right bef- like before it could have, uh, before it's time. Not that it, not before it got good or before I had a chance. Obviously, it was around for a very long time, but they could have squeezed another movie out. We could have had Deep Space Nine movies. The Voyager finale should have been a movie. You know, we could have had something with Riker and the Titan, whether it was a, a movie or a miniseries or whatever. Like, I feel like there was a lot more stories to tell on a lot of interesting characters. And so to finally see the Titan doing its thing and to have them in the old uniforms, which is very interesting. I, I don't know. I, I really, really liked it. It was it was worth very much worth it. No, I got gotcha. you. Oh, so we were talking about callbacks. Sorry, you, know, you gotta you? let me stay on the, the. I'm trying to stay on the right track here. No, I mean we had a callback to the very first episode when Mariner quote unquote takes Boimler under under her wings and is like, oh, well, you know, remember Sulu? He was he his thing was swords. Maybe you could be the new sword guy. And then this episode when they all grab a bunch of weapons to fight off the boarding party of Packlets, he grabs a rapier and he's doing the sword thing. I don't I actually see him do anything. Nah, he de- <laughs> he's in the background swinging and they're, he's defending or what have you. What is he oh, going to yeah. do with a rapier but defend and hopefully you not st- get hit by a giant axe? You stab. <laughs> it's the whole point. Is it the, the right, rapier? Not through that armor d- and whatnot, but yeah. The rapier, would no, that's exactly what it would have done because the rapier was designed to pierce armor. That's why right. it has a sharp point and a sin. sin bleh, I somehow doubt that that was an actual. I think it was more of a um, a fencing rapier because he's in full fencing. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think I would have had a sharp end if that if that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, she that rapier was put there by Mariner, who sure. we saw at the beginning of the the season was stuffing contraband, including the batleth the batleth with probably with boimler's blood caked on it still which uh <laughs> did cut into his leg so that's true if if the batleth was sharp i'm sure that the rapier maybe. was sharp you're right you're right just didn't i just think uh, maybe shack's wrapping a batleth up to give to mariner as a gift to try to like get on her good side oh man so they were also at the beginning of the episode they were talking about a promotion for the the uss sacramento coming up um, which makes Mariner, Mariner's like, maybe I can get that. So no one knows that I'm related to the, the captain. And she like writes herself and the action shots as she unro- unrolls her sleeves, puts her hair up, starts calling, <laughs> starts calling Boimler sir, because he outranks her, apparently. Oh, so the Sacramento is another city in California. So are we to assume that this is a another California class ship? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure because they were all really excited about getting to there, but I figured they would want to get to something better than another California-class ship. But Sacramento is, is... Isn't Sacramento the capital? Technically, it's the capital, yes. Right, so maybe it's different or better in some way. It's augmented have, or something. Maybe Boimler's just trying to get away from Mariner. That's why he's no, super maybe. excited about it. Like <laughs> Maybe. But then he says, you know, I didn't. he doesn't want to leave, you know, or leave her or what have you, and then he jumps to the Titan, which at first I thought was kind of hypocritical. But then I realized that him... Uh, being assigned to the Titan was like his dream from an earlier episode. Like that's where he wanted to end up in his career. So he wanted to serve on the Titan. So well, he's, yeah, cause they, he's getting it. Cause they get that other guy promoted. Right. And then he right. goes to the Titan and then he gets fired. So. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. 
Boimler's freak out face right before the cold open cuts. It was great. Great timing. How did you feel about, what is it, Lieutenant, was it Levy? With saying that Wolf 359 was an inside job. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a reference to wow. 9-11 being an inside job. Wow. What does he say? Like, chainlings, change, changelings aren't real and the Dominion War didn't happen? Which is just... <laughs> I mean, that war just ended. That's like saying right now that we didn't fight in Afghanistan. Or that the Cold War was a hoax. Like, that. Yeah. no, it's right there. Like, people lived it. Like, it's not... And, and I got a semi-serious question for you here. Was Wolf 359 an inside job? No. I mean, Picard, because mm. Picard didn't exist. Um, he still had to. He still existed. Well, no, he he didn't. He no longer existed in, because he was Locutus of Borg on board the Cube. But once he was removed and separated from the Collective, that's when Data was able to reach him. Sure, sure. So, yeah, some good gags this episode. We got to see Badgie again. Fantastic. <laughs> the very slow. The people them transporting, beaming onto the ship. And it just being super slow to give them a chance to run away. That was pretty good. Oh, he had more double hand punching. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he set he my calls fists to stun and kicks to kill. <laughs> side roll, side roll, double hand punch. Man, Ran- Ransom is really growing on me. And when, when he's talking to Troy, he's like, can you, you introduce me to any of your uh, Beta Z friends or something like that? And he goes, I can sense that your bravado and confidence is really just a, a an outward... Per- projection or something along those lines and inside you're extremely insecure and he goes oh i can work with that will they be able to tell too I'm like wow nice like a weird type of optimism look man you work with what you got <laughs> that's no, who fair. he is that's no, fair shack's having a bloodshot eye in his picture at his eulogy the captain keeping his ear his earring or what have you maybe she's going to return it it's i don't know do you think they fired the the torpedo oh hopefully because they don't show it. Well, well, they fired the torpedo that had Spock in it. That right. was, you know, symbolism. Because the whole idea of burying him on a world that he died to, Defending I don't want to say protect or whatever. But I, yeah. I feel like we've seen that before, though, where somebody's being shot out of a, a torpedo. Kind of a Viking funeral type thing. But it's not like they yeah. have a body. So I'm assuming yeah, what, it's just a wake. I, I think it's just a wake. Yeah. So that's why I was saying, I wonder if they did or didn't fire it. Because <laughs> do, do you think Kirk got in trouble for firing that torpedo? Like, I know it's Kirk. I was about to say yeah, it's he, Kirk, man. He didn't get and he's the, And he's a, technically he was an admiral at the time. But like, when the Enterprise yeah. returns to space dock and like they're doing the inventory, they're going to be like, hey, man, it says in here that you guys left with 500 torpedoes. And in your conflicts with Khan, you fired 20. But you guys only have uh, 479. What happened to that torpedo? <laughs> I don't like, think. I, wonder, I think he fully reported it. I think he reported I, it. I wonder if there's a logistic logistics guy who's just like has such a hard on for the rules he's like no where's that torpedo admiral kirk no i, I just wonder so speaking of halo vibes first of all peanut hamper got what she deserves mm-hmm. and i hope she floats in space for so long her flying by the screen at the very very end very much reminded me of 343 guilty spark at the end of halo at the end of the credits <laughs> She was great, and then she wasn't, you know. Well, so. I was going to say, I think that's the whole thing. Like, that's the, like, the exocomps refused to go on a dangerous mission before. Like, that was, like, the whole yeah, issue their- when they first appeared, is they were trying to send them down that tunnel, and then they refused to go. And the reason why is because they wouldn't survive the trip. And now they're sentient, you know. But then they yeah. never get mentioned again until now, so. 
You know, that I also thought it was weird that, that she had white boots for feet. Well, that's part of the blue uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got a that's paint why job I thought to make it, it look like a uniform. It's great, man. That's, that's, that's why I thought it was weird. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Ta'ana? Ta'an? Whatever. Ta'an. With the cat noises? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Captain! <laughs> oh, man, I guess she didn't get to sink her... No, I'm not gonna uh, coital hooks. Is that was that what she <laughs> that said? That was what she said. Yes. <laughs> oh, ugh. she called Shaxx a beefsteak. Uh, anyways, <laughs> beef Freeman steak. saying that she wanted the uh, when the excuse me when the Cerritos comes out, she wants it to look almost exactly like it was before. She hates when ships get repaired and come out looking all sovereign class. <laughs> it's great. So, uh, what? So. Mariner has a triple for personal use, which I get is a joke about like uh, like drug they're... use or whatever. Because well, because they're like pets. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I just that was a great line. <laughs> so, did you notice the green uniforms during Shax's funeral? No, I guess I did not. There's different uniforms. So we saw some, and also the Titan still has the old uniforms, which I think I know I've already brought up. But I wonder if that's something because Riker likes those uniforms, and that's what he picked. Or if it's because, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I wonder if there's a reasoning behind I don't think those are Starfleet uniforms. uniforms. They, I don't know. They're obviously uniforms. Well, I mean, are the, well, they, could, they don't look they could Bajoran. Like, they could just be porters or something. Because they don't, they don't look like any of the other ones. No, they don't. They're different. They got different sleeves and stuff. I don't have a picture. I'm just kind of going from memory. They're obviously yeah. very different. They're not. They don't look Bajoran. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who they are. At first, I thought Weird. maybe they were civilians, but she has like a matching headband. And obviously, there's two of them, so hmm. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Maybe they're yeah. like porters, or maybe porters? they're like crew support staff. You uh, know, maybe like they're the ones who wheeled out the wheeled out this torpedo like on a dolly. And then why were they? Like, um, maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't know why. I'm just saying. Like, if anyone does know, let us know. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Okay, I don't think that Marina Sirtis is a great voice actress. <laughs> I don't. I mean, did you not remember Mass Effect? Yeah, I do. And that's exactly <laughs> I'm saying it. I don't think she's a great voice actress. Uh, and on the other hand, Jonathan Frakes knocked it out of the park. He got the tone of ev- of the show right and everything. I thought he had too much energy. Well, but, I mean, that's, that's fair, the show, right? Yeah. yeah. But it was just like, like, I, I, I was like, that's not Jonathan Frakes. Like, I just didn't believe that that was actually him. And then I heard Marina Sirtis, and I was like, okay, that has to be Jonathan Frakes then. And they probably didn't film it together, obviously, right? Well, I went back and listened to his lines again, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> but at well, first, just, I was like, that's not him. I think it just goes to show you the same character from a dramatic lens versus a, a comedic lens is different. And I like that they were able to bring that character in and make him fit the tone of the show without really betraying his character in any way. Which leads to a question, is he Mariner to Freeman's Boimler? Is that what they were kind of getting at, at the end? Because they seemed, he knew her, he gave her a big hug and said that he mentored her and he's blah, blah, blah. And obviously he's got, you know, contraband and blah, blah, blah as well. So I mean, it makes me wonder if, if Freeman, and when they were ensigns, they were basically Boimler and Mariner, but it was Freeman and Riker. Wait, Captain Freeman? Yeah. I, I thought he was saying all that stuff to Beckett. No. He says, oh, I was your mentor back in the day. And she goes, oh, that's not how I remembered it. Blah, blah, blah. Which is very reminiscent of, of Mariner and, and Boimler's relationship. Rewatch it. 
I'm watching it right he now. He also calls it a Cali class, which I thought was great. Like that he would have a shorthand, a nickname for the class, for the California class. Let's see. Oh, okay. He says, I was her mentor. He doesn't say I was your mentor. Mm, because so I thought he was, they were, I thought he was talking about somebody else. Uh, no, he's definitely talking so, about her. Yeah. Definitely no, I got you. Her. Which I, that makes more sense. Yeah. So there's, so the, to answer the question is Riker Freeman's Mariner. What ship would that have been on? Who knows? Well, let's see. He served on. Oh, don't worry. I have it right here. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know it was a um, Excelsior class ship. I know that for a fact. Uh, let's see. He wasn't on the Pegasus. The Potemkin. That must have been when he was on the Potemkin or the Pegasus. Hmm? Was but, he on the Pegasus? He was on the. Oh, yeah. The Pegasus. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He's a con officer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess it had to have been the. Or the Hood. The Potemkin or the Hood, so yeah, who knows? Hmm. So I want to I want to ask all the fans out there. Me and Christopher, our our new Sci Fi Wise Guy host, we had a bit of a disagreement uh, in a Discord channel with some friends this past week in clean shaven versus bearded Riker and who was better. I'm not going to tell you who thought what, but I'd like anyone and everyone to give me their opinion so I can prove him wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Good good luck. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that scene from Taken when that guy says good luck on the phone, but you're never going to find the right answer. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. So let's see. Is this the, this is the one, wait, have you, have you watched, you know, I don't even care at this point. I'm spoiling it. This is the one, two, three. This is the third season finale that I can think of. Maybe the fourth, if I'm just not remembering my TNG season finales properly where Riker is shown up and save the day because oh, isn't maybe. he commanding the future enterprise and uh oh shoot all good things or what have you is that what it's called all the end of tng yeah 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 he is he is in command of the enterprise with a gigantic laser on the heck yeah the whole heck yeah. yeah and then he shows up at the end of picard saving the day as uh, okay. acting captain of whatever ship that was and then now here he is again and he shows up in the season finale, or this, yeah, the series finale of Enterprise, which they, which they referenced greatly in this episode. Not greatly as in a lot, just greatly as in it was a really good reference. Sorry, I'm late. I was on the holodeck hanging out with the Enterprise, Archer, and those guys. Man, they had a long, they had a long road from there to here. I never finished Enterprise. Um, oh, I don't like, man. I don't like Bacula. Just yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. I was I have not watched all of it either. I can't get into it as much, but I do know the finale. So he was in a movie I saw when I was a a, a younger person called Major League Three: Back to the Miners. A lot of people don't even know there was a third Major League, but wow. he was in it, and I was like, man, this guy's great. And then I realized that that was the exception and not the rule. Yeah, because I, I he's a nice guy, and I, and I think Quantum Leap. A lot of people think that was a great show, but. Yeah, sure. Can't do it. Are you? Can't. So you're you're. Are you aware of how Enterprise ended? Is is a holodeck episode, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a holodeck episode. Okay. And Riker is. It's a. It's all holodeck on the Enterprise D. Mm. And the it takes place during the episode the Pegasus, where he's and he's trying to decide whether or not to tell Couch of Picard, you know, the truth about the Pegasus or what have you. And so in order to kind of work through those feelings, ends up on the on the uh, holodeck watching the events of the formation of the or whatever whatever happens at the end of i think it's the formation of the uh 
of the Federation. Oh, the, the final Federation of In the final episode, yeah. Which, cool, we got to see them again. Not cool. Why would you suddenly have the last episode of a five-season series be all about a different show or different characters? It was kind of, it's, it's lame, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, man. Uh, let me let me tell you a little story about Enterprise. Yeah, uh, they had no idea what they were doing. No, they didn't. <laughs> they really all of their plot points would have been way better in poison. Like if they just went forward, you know, after Voyager. So, anyways, we don't need to get into all of that. We do not, not at all. I think that I think that wraps me up, man. Okay. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I don't. I don't think I said it, but this is definitely my new favorite episode. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Like I said, um, what did you what did you like more? I forget what you said. Oh, the last one, Crisis Point. Oh, that was really good too. Yeah, and it had a lot of character growth, but this one edges it out not because of the Titan and Riker and all of that, although that is a, definitely in its favor. But since it's not a holodeck episode, you know, all of these things are happening in real life. It's yeah. got a different tone, and I liked it a lot. No, Does I, that make uh, sense? Yeah, no, I got you. I mean, because we're able to separate. <laughs> I, it's all fiction, right? Oh, Are we able well, to, yeah, like, but in separate universe. like the consequences or things that have consequences versus things that are inconsequential. Exactly. With the exception of uh, Boimler finding out that right. Captain Freeman is Beckett's mother. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, it was a really good finale. I man, I can't wait for season two. <laughs> I really can't. Like this is fantastic. Do you think they're going to keep the same characters or just do a whole new thing? I don't know. Because I've always, I, I've always liked the idea of like I wouldn't even necessarily say an anthology or whatever, but the idea of doing like whenever in TNG where we would have episodes like with different things, like focusing on the different characters, I always thought that was cool. But maybe they should. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about what they're playing. I don't know. If they I, do. Boimler going away for a while. Like I, I feel like Boimler getting promoted to the Titan is actually a really good ending to his story arc and opens up room for rutherford and tendy to have more if that makes sense they're yeah more or less one-dimensional hyper just hyper positive so it would be interesting to see but i mean mariner i don't think we're abandoning mariner or the cerritos but i could definitely see them there being one or two new obviously we're gonna have a new bridge officer and maybe a new lower decker i just have this feeling that (laughs) that boimler's gonna end up back on the cerritos (laughs) <laughs> maybe and that's, that's a distinct possibility i mean how would you feel if they split time between the two the titan and the cerritos i mean i'd be fine with that i mean like i said i i, I always wanted more things that i mean more different things if that makes sense like yeah yeah so i mean yeah i mean like a lot of the star trek shows were like you know tng voyager and d space nine like six plus seasons each right we couldn't have a couple of episodes on a different ship yeah you know no i, I think probably deep space nine managed to handle that the best only because they were able to tell stories in different places you know but they were still with the same people right so yeah yeah uh, the ensemble nature of tng and voyager and, and deep space nine made it easier for you to have kind of different stories but you're right i wouldn't mind one-offs i guess like a an anthology type trek show where every yeah. episode is a different ship with some different stories. Maybe there's a common thread. Maybe not. I think it would be cooler if there was. Um, maybe some references, that type of thing. But I don't know. Part of part of Star Trek and the every Star Trek series is, you know, you get to know the crew and you become emotionally emotionally invested in that crew. 
Yeah. So you enjoy the continuity, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's got to be a little. It'll be a little more. It's gonna be a little difficult to do an anthology piece that is about the characters, and it'd be much easier to do it about whatever the issue is, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like if no, you take you. take a like an episode, just a random episode. Oh, like okay, like the, the episode of uh, the original series where they go to Beta Three and there's Landrew and blah blah blah, but it's not the Enterprise. Would that be yeah. as interesting? Why not? Oh, no, I'm asking you. No, it's, not, it's just a question. It's just a, yeah, it no, wasn't a I, leading question. It was just a question. No, I'm my, that's my answer is why not? Like, why can't we do that? I don't like, know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I could, I could, it could be done really, really well. It could be done poorly. I don't know. It's hard to say. No, I got you. Um, and it's, I don't know if that's more expensive, less expensive, right? I don't know how that works, monetarily speaking, to for a studio to fund something like that. But mm-hmm. who knows? Who the heck knows? Not me, because they still have not consulted us on our dream Star Trek show. So. What is your... No, you know what? <laughs> I don't think we have time for that. Nah, man. We're, what we're going to do is we're going to take the Shatnerverse, where Ooh, they go... Yeah, yeah. They go to that planet, find, find William Shatner, bring him back to life. <laughs> yeah, the Romulans using board technology. Yes. No. No, I don't know what my I don't know what my dream trek is. <laughs> yeah, I I I think Star Trek is one of those things where I wouldn't want to be involved ever. Not that I ever could be, but I don't think I would ever want to be involved in anything more than a walk-on role. That would be the extent. Does that make sense? Like I want mm-hmm. to be able to enjoy it from the outside. So, that's just me. No, I got you. I feel the same way about a lot of things. Look, I mean, it's just it's hard to get close to what you love. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know, uh, we'll talk about it again. Star Wars. Um, a lot. <laughs> I was waiting. A, for a lot of people lambasted the last three movies, you know. And I'm not. I want to be on record again and say I love Star Wars. But I think like when a lot of people reacted negatively to those movies, they, like I read all sorts of like fan theories or not even fan theories, like all what people like. Well, I would have done this. I would have told this story. This is what would have happened with these characters if I were in charge. And like I'm sitting here reading, like, yeah, and these are all terrible ideas. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of them. So are. no, I totally get it. I totally get not wanting to be too close. But I mean, like that's the whole point of having a writers' room is having a group of people who can make those decisions collectively and uh, <laughs> just listening to some random person spouting off on Twitter or Facebook or Reddit about how they feel that Ray, you know, or kylo ren how their story should have ended it's like uh, you guys don't know what you're doing <laughs> yeah. mean, neither do the people telling the stories but that's not the point so yeah no you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> so. so yeah okay well i don't have anything to add i really i don't have anything negative to say about this episode once again i thought it was great it's fantastic if you're still out there hating and somehow are listening to this wow dedication to the hate mad respect yeah. Just should go keep see li- a psychiatrist. No, hate listen to the rest of our episodes. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry. Hate listen first. Give us that thumbs up. Give us that five-star review on, on, the, on the iTunes. We really appreciate it. If you want to send us your hate mail, your suggestions, your thoughts on how Star Wars episode 7, 8, and 9 should have happened, a spoiler alert, Timothy Zahn already wrote those, so anything you say is not going to be as good. Uh, but you can email <laughs> us those ideas at uh, or two sci-fi wise guys at gmail.com you can always hit us up on the twitter or the instagram on twitter we're at b underscore roll podcast on the insta we are sci-fi wise guys and if neither of those will do you can hit us up on facebook in the b roll podcast facebook group 
and I don't know, join us there. You can follow for content announcements, that type of thing. Uh, if you really, really liked us and you want, or you just really, really hated us and and you love that hate and you want to see us keep doing what we're doing and do it better and better, uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash B underscore roll. I get little extra snippets of us talking, you know, off topic or extended scenes that get cut for time or content a lot of times. All it takes is a dollar a month. Uh, if you want to get our episodes early so you can hate on us before anyone else. <laughs> it's just a, a hurly bird tier is only $5. And we really appreciate the support. And of course, all the money there goes right into the podcast so that we can fuel your hatred even more. New Chris? I don't got anything else, man. So just want to once again say thanks for everyone who's listened, is listening, or has listened in the past, or will listen. Future use, thanks. We just want to you know, let everyone know to stay healthy, stay hydrated. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Bye. Thanks, guys. This season was really good. Man, this was good. (laughs) <laughs> it completely not where I thought we were going to end up. I really thought that it was going to be some good episodes, some bad episodes, overall mediocre, and I'll see what they do next season. Nah, they knocked it out, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, like, I really I really want to know, like, what, I really, really want to know what the plan is for next season. So, that's all. Wow. But, yeah. <laughs>